Hello humans, hello humans. It's the 31st of May, and it's about 8.26 in the morning, heading inland. Got a late start, had septic problems. So I would have left an hour earlier if I hadn't had to stop and deal with that. Anyway, um... The, uh, okay, so our data sets that indicated we would have uh, economic woes, financial problems, uh, affecting the populace in a general sense, uh, did not relate to uh, nor have any um, input uh, from the uh, issue of the debt ceiling negotiation kind of thing. So it, that was a, a bit of theater. Uh, there was no point in, in uh, curtailing any spending whatsoever, okay? Didn't matter, does not matter, one, one little tiny iota. Doesn't even matter a single potato chip if we, if we save any money in reducing the spending that's going on at the moment. We have $32 trillion in debt. This debt is not payable. This is national debt that in no way takes into account uh, the debt associated with uh, derivatives or international trade. Okay, this is simply uh, debt due to the having to rent the money uh, from the Kazarian Central Bank. Okay, so uh, there is no... There was no benefit to not spending a couple of hundred billion dollars when they were going to raise the debt ceiling multiple trillions of dollars. And the very instant that they raised it, uh, Janet Yellen had to go on out and sell a trillion dollars worth of um, uh, dollar-denominated bonds. So uh, that was a, a really interesting bit of theater. Oh, there's a nice little helicopter. What's it doing? sort of hovering over a piece of property here. It's a little tiny helicopter, not not a big, um, like, it's not that, that small, uh, but, um, oh, whoa, he's got lowered something down. He's got a line down into the woods there. Wow, this is pretty unusual. I've never seen anything like that. Now, he's going down lower. <laughs> Sorry, guys, <laughs> just unusual stuff going on here. And man, that, that guy's in that midst of those trees. Holy crud. So I don't know if they're doing some logging or what. He's got a heavy steel line down to this helicopter. Oh, and there are people on the property. There's trucks parked over here. So something's going on. Well, that's not parked. <laughs> that's a, a trashed out Jeep in the ditch. Okay. <laughs> Strange day. Not only septic problems, but <laughs> the rest of this stuff on the way into town. Anyway, so there was no point in, in trying to restrict the uh, amount of spending. And there was a couple of really key victories for the Republicans within the negotiations, right? And it's, and it's um, uh, victories that will, uh, it'll irritate some of the leftists because these victories were acknowledgments that we need and thus must have new pipelines. So they, they got a couple of pipelines um, uh, out of the 
control, the clampdown control of these uh, various agencies, okay? And so we're gonna have a little bit more uh, energy independence starting to build while we're still within the Biden regime. And this will be good. It'll mean we'll move that much faster once the Bidens are gone. But like I was saying, why why restrict spending, um, you know, two, $200 billion even if uh, the instant you raise the debt ceiling, you take out another trillion in debt. And, and by the way, what actually happened was that there is no limit. So they really let these guys roar. So we can expect absolute roaring hyperinflation between now and the inauguration of Trump again. Um, the debt ceiling issue, and so they've never not raised it, okay? So every single time since uh, 1970, it was instituted as a result of the uh, getting 100% fiat in 1971 when we went off the gold standard, 100% off the gold standard, and um, we went 100% um, uh, piggy uh, fiat then. And so the pigs are free to produce as much as they want, right? Now, we've always raised the debt ceiling. It was just a bit of... Um, theater and drama. It never did anything. It never reduced spending. It never put anybody under control because there's no need to be under control when you're in a fiat system. You don't have any controls in essence. You can just print as much of that shit as you want. Uh, um, so all this will change when we're no longer under a fiat. Okay, so at that point, we have to spend seriously, you know, you, you have no options for any kind of lunacy. You can't afford to spend any money on anything that does not further your uh, survival, right? And so all the gender shit's going to go away, all of this other weird woke shit's going to go away, and people are going to freak. Now, there, you may have some of the leftists freaking out a little bit over the pipelines, but I don't even think they, they're aware of it. They think old Biden won his deal. But here's the thing. So they kicked it out until January of 2025 and said, y'all can spend whatever the fuck you want. And it's like, okay, there simply is no debt ceiling in effect until then. So the Democrats uh, got what they wanted. The Republicans also, the, the mega people got what they wanted because now the rhinos and the Democrats are going to hang themselves with this massive hyperinflation because here they are free to um, raise the, the rate as much or raise the production level as much as they want. And there will be consequences and we will see the central bank absolutely freaking out. Okay. And we, we might see them uh, do the same kind of stuff that we're seeing down in um, uh, Venezuela and Argentina and this kind of thing where you get um, uh, the official uh, rate off of the bank is 70 and 80 percent, right? <laughs> so if you give them money, they'll give you 80 percent back, 80 percent more back in a year, that kind of thing, which shows you absolutely how worthless it is. Uh, but so this is the whole design. Uh, the Khazarians are destroying the central bank system because they must. It is at its end. It only has a finite lifespan because fiat money always and inevitably comes to the point where it's absolutely worthless and uh, you get hyperinflation it, or you get inflation to the point where the currency collapses. And we're at that point now. And they decided the powers that be here, the mega guys said, well, let's let them do it. Let's let them roar. Let's let them uh, kick this thing up into, into serious hyperinflation as we go forward. So we can expect that now. And this, um, 
as I was saying, the data sets that I had had indicating that we're going to have financial problems uh, beginning in June in a serious way affecting even into the normies uh, took no account of any of the verbiage around the um, central bank negotiations uh, with Congress and stuff on this. And the conclusion is still the same, that we're going to have this major problem develop here in June relative to uh, money and finance. And it'll have, um, there will be nothing that the central bank can do. There will be nothing that Congress can do. We're at the end of the system. It's breaking now. And it is uh, interesting that just the other day, we discovered that the uh, International Monetary Fund and the Bank of International Settlements, both of which are located in Switzerland, uh, and both of which are uh, legally not liable, so you cannot sue these fuckers, right? Uh, IMF even has its own um, uh, right to have its own personal police force. Um, anyway, though, so these guys are freaking out over this systemic risk, and basically they're freaking out because they know it's going to crash, and it's just a question of what particular uh, Jenga stick we pull that causes the whole thing to come crumbling down around us. And we won't know until that stick is pulled that that was the one. And this is why they're really freaked, because they've got to do stuff. They can't not do stuff, but the stuff that they would usually do and the stuff they're planning to do and the stuff that they must do will inevitably, at some point, trigger this uh, systemic crack in their system. It won't totally destroy their system. It'll, it'll break it in a serious way, and it'll become very visibly broken to lots of the normies, and it'll participate in waking up a lot more of the normies. But, as I say, they must do it, and they are ever so reluctant. They're afraid of it. Uh, there's discussions um, uh, among the groups uh, as to, you know, uh, what to do about it, and uh, yet they still must do, in this uh, limited range of, of options, uh, what they can to keep the system going. They're very desperately afraid, of course, of the end of the system and the exposure of all of the crimes going back hundreds of years. Now, there's some interesting uh, aspects of this that are going to be coming out uh, because the death of the dollar and the weakening of the dollar even. Okay, so the weakening of the dollar where they have to print or they have to create so many more digits, a trillion dollars worth of digits as, as Yellen sells new dollar-denominated bonds, which are absolutely worthless, which will end up being absolutely worthless as we go forward because we'll have this crash and we'll have this major uh, hit on there. And they may end up uh, having to even redo all of the interest rates as they go forward. In other words, they may have to keep jacking interest rates up in order to get people to give them money to the point where we're at 10, 20, 30, 40% uh, payment on the on uh, interest on the on money given into the bank. Now, uh, this could be an unusual situation because they'll still lend. And so so you, you would be able to actually borrow from them and put it right back into their bank and get 70 or 80% on it. Your problem is you're going to be on an adjustable rate when you borrow that shit, and you may end up having to go to 120% on the money you borrow. That's how, that's how fragile our system is at this point. 
and we are um, entering into that in a serious way today, tomorrow, and day after, and so on. Uh, there's a, a lot of this will occur before June 12th, okay, or actually before June 13th. We'll have the um, the onset of this really first wave of um, uh, non-controllable, non-central bank, non-authoritarian, non-officialdom um, level of economic problems uh, within the currency. And it'll, it'll arise because of the nature of the system breaking down, not because of the individual elements of the system that might break down. So in other words, it won't necessarily be a particular bank, but it might very well be a combination of a couple of banks that are all so strapped they can't cover debt to each other and then all of them fail so you might have three banks in this little round robin of securing each other's debt to each other and then poof they all go because the relationship between the banks breaks down because there isn't the money to service it and and that's the kind of situation we're in at the moment it's going to get really weird um it's predictable to some extent as to the individual manifestations as to how all this stuff will come out. Um, some of the individual events are predictable. So we know that there will be periods where uh, probably months away, I don't, uh, certainly not a year away, but it'll, once it starts, it may well go on for over a year. Uh, but uh, what it'll be is a, um, a situation of where uh, towns, villages, uh, you know, county councils, all different kinds of regional uh, little bits of government find that they're wiped out, that they've, they've got um, some level of money, maybe they've got some debt, maybe they've got some grants, and they uh, stashed it somewhere, they bought derivatives, they bought bonds or something, and then all of a sudden that shit goes poof, and they're left scrambling. And so all around the Western Republics, Europe, uh, New Zealand, uh, you know, Australia, uh, America, South America, etc. Uh, we will find that there are uh, uh, there's the breakdown at what we want to say at like the municipal and the county level, and that will be ongoing as the uh, degradation eats deeper into the system as a whole, up to the point that the whole system crashes. Then you're into the wheelbarrow loads of money just to go into a Starbucks. And nobody's taking uh, electronics anymore. The uh, you know the EBT cards don't work. All of this kind of thing, and so we'll have a, um, a very different social order emerge out of that. It's going to be huge in terms of upheaval. Uh, the thing to watch out for is that at this point of time, the uh, Kazarians uh, are led by. Um, Okay, so uh, the Kazarians are Satanists, and the Satanists are within the Jewish population. And the Jewish population is um, involved in Judaism, and the Kazarian Satanist takes some of the ritual aspects that are within Judaism, which they put there, and they use those, but they are not really Jews, okay? They're, they're Satanists in that sense. And so the Kazarians are led by um, various cliques and groups uh, within the larger Jewish community in which the uh, Kazarian Mafia guys have, uh, 
have uh, insinuated themselves. And what we're going to see here is the emergence into the public view of some of these um, Khazarian groups, which will be touted as Jewish groups, right? So it won't be, they won't come out and say um, that the evil ones here are the uh, the Lubavitch uh, Khazarians. They'll say it's the Lubavitch Jews, right? Or it's the Lubavitch uh, Rebbe that's the the uh, main bad dude. Now he's dead, okay, this uh, Schneerson fellow. Uh, okay, so the Khazarians, as well as the uh, deep um, mystical Judeans, the, the Jews here, not Judeans, but the Jews here, uh, within the Talmud, uh, there are indications that you can't have a Jewish Messiah who does not live to uh, the perfect uh, age. And so that's been determined to be 120. And so there's an aspect of, uh, so Jews have had like 50 or 60 messiahs so far. Um, some really powerful ones and some relatively minor ones. Sometimes they bitch about them and so on, but nonetheless, they've had 50 or 60 messiahs by now. And different groups claim different messiahs at different times. But one of the general things throughout the Talmud is that you've got to have one of the uh, the clinchers on the deal, right? The for sureness of the whole thing. You, you can be sure that the guy you're worshiping uh, as a Messiah is a Messiah if he lives to be 120. And if he don't, it's like, oh, he crapped out early. He's probably not a Messiah. Well, Schneerson's dead. He was born in like 1902 or something. And he's the head of the Lubavitch um, uh, Hasidic group, uh, which is basically currently... Uh, the dominant power player within the um, uh, Khazarians as well as within the Jewish uh, social structure. Usually those are the same. Usually the uh, whatever group is in charge in the Khazarian inner circle also has their tentacles extended out to where they're basically controlling uh, all of the larger Jewish society uh, and certainly in their area. Anyway though, so um, we're going to see as we go forward here, that um, in July, may, maybe the end of June, into July, uh, we will get information coming out about like uh, the Lubavitch um, group and what they're doing. And so we'll start seeing uh, details emerge uh, of the inner workings of the uh, Khazarian uh, power structure as that power structure uh, attempts to uh, shield itself, but also to uh, recover and deal with the problems that essentially are of its own making, which is the fiat currency going bad, which means that all the bribery is gone, etc., etc., right? And this will lead to uh, yet more whistleblowers in, in various different agencies because, of course, their bribery rates will fall, the amount of money they're being paid will be inadequate, they'll they'll decide it just isn't good enough, you know, to keep their mouth shut, they've got to get more money, and pretty soon they won't keep their mouth shut, and then we'll have more and more of this stuff roll on out. And I think this is like a third week in June, we'll start getting into this stuff in a serious way, and it'll just keep rolling out for a number of months thereafter. Um, you know, for years actually, but there will be this big shock of the new value of it for this summer and into fall. And then we'll have a big explosion of it at the 
of information pouring out at the end of summer and, and as we get into fall and the value of the um, the money uh, deteriorates even further as, as the system itself breaks down. Uh, at that point that we have um, are just entering into the chaos that will be engineered by the leftists. Now bear in mind, what they're going to do is to attempt to take over the American society in a cultural revolution fashion uh, with all these kids creating violence and, and causing problems and all of this, uh, just like in Mao's case. And they'll be doing it at the time that we have this economic chaos and everybody's upset anyway. I personally don't think it's going to go, right? I don't think that, that you could go communist in this country. It's about as maximally communist as it can get now. And I don't see that there's even a solid 8%. Now, the Democrats are claiming 30, 40, 50, 60% and on uh, support for their position and stuff, but that's not really factual. Uh, these are off of polls that are jiggered and so on. When we actually look at the language in, in just an organic or quasi-organic fashion, there's probably only about 8% of the populace that speaks as though they were communists. Uh, the rest we have some people that are talking as though they are socialist, but very few of those, maybe three or four percent, is not a very large amount. And so I think that, you know, all of the, um, the leftists, the trannies, the ideologists, all of these guys are, are certainly less than 20% of the population. And even if they were 20% of the population, they are going to be extremely fractured by the revelations that come on out. Now, a lot of them won't care. They won't care that Biden's a criminal because they're criminals themselves. Uh, but there will be a, a reduction of support within the, the democratic structure, which has been eroding for some time now, but there will be a, a noticeable reduction of support to where we will lose, they will lose a significant portion of the normies that are at this point still sort of buying in on it, right? However, reluctantly, because it's more, probably more habit than um, uh, confirmed uh, conclusion from analysis. Um, so we're going to get into a period of time where there's going to be uh, social upheaval being engineered, and there will also be a political upheaval that will be as a result of the the financial, the fiat money woes, and the ripples from the relationships that have been established over time with these aspects of fiat money. So now, uh, imagine this situation. So here is how it all interconnects. So say in June, we have a major crash in um, the financial system here in the U.S., and that over the course of June, some level of that um, uh, financial concern, problems, weakness, whatever, is communicated to or uh, becomes involved with the derivatives. And so you could see in maybe July, we would have a level of derivatives that might fail. And if those derivatives failed and they went to uselessness, to bankrupt, then, you know, to absolute zero, then we could see that uh, uh, villages, uh, regional councils, all of these kind of things in many of the uh, Northern European republics would suddenly find themselves without money. And so here they are attempting to spend money for uh, the introduction of yet more mili uh, military-aged men 
being paid to come there from Africa and the Middle East by Soros. And they're trying to integrate these people into their society. It's not working. It's an invasion. Their their, uh, politicians are cooperating with Soros to destroy their social order because their their politicians are part of the Lubavitch group. The Lubavitch group uh, thinks that they should have 10,000 goy slave for every one of the Jews, and that every one of the Khazarians should have a thousand Jews as their slaves. So they would have ten, uh, yeah, uh, they'd have a million slaves by way of that through the Khazarians. But anyway, so uh, uh, these guys are going to uh, have real problems when the money isn't there to integrate these people in. And so you won't have support, you won't have money to pay immigrants to, to uh, live and be violent in your society. You won't have money to pay them to get food. It'll just disappear. They'll have to go begging, they'll have to fight, they'll have to riot, they'll have to be kicked out of the country by the native population, and that's what's going to occur. So we had in the data sets since like 1997 uh, descriptions of a time when Europe would be basically in a war against the invading immigrants on a, on a small um, scale level. It wouldn't be vast uh, battles, but it would be continuous, uh, constant conflict all throughout all these little towns and cities and subdivisions and everything, and it would ultimately get, get to the point, and it's not going to take very, very long. So once this process starts, maybe three weeks later, you find native populations all ganging together, uh, getting their weapons, and assaulting the uh, immigrant strongholds, and we have siege situations, we have um, uh, negotiations saying that, okay, all you immigrants can leave, you've got 24 hours to head south, you can leave on this road, anybody that steps off of that road, we will kill. That's the kind of thing that's coming. And uh, we're going to have a different situation here in America. So that was Europe. They're going to be fighting the immigrants at that level. Here in the United States, the um, in North America, because it goes up into Canada as well, uh, the battles are going to be different. It's going to be much more like... Um, uh, much more like Viet Cong, right? Okay, so uh, we're going to be fighting an entrenched enemy dug into our own soil that does not have supply lines and must uh, feed off of the population in order to stay there and or grow in capacity. And so this will make them uh, very evident very quickly once all this process starts going. And so that could happen in June. We could have a major uh, networking crash on the system, on the money system in June that starts this whole process off. And so how long does it take for the EBT cards not to be working before you have massive um, uh, social unrest. And it's like, well, three days. Okay, so once they can't pay for food and stuff for the people in Norway, Denmark, Sweden, Germany, etc., etc., three days later, uh, you've got mass chaos and you've got the battle starting. Uh, Because people, as they're starving, will go out and try and get food. They'll be violent if they have to. And they will have to because it's going to get get to that level. And this is what the Khazarian Mafia wants to engineer. Uh, This is what they wanted to engineer. Now, what their real problem is, and one of the things that the Lubavitch guys are all uh, freaked out about at the moment, is that they don't have a cover. Okay, so there is no 
great war going on, there is no pandemic, and so all of these things will be seen, and people will be pointing fingers at the Lubavitch Jews. It won't be, most of the people won't be able to um, differentiate between the Khazarians and the Jews, so the Jews are going to get a major ration of shit here as the, um, uh, the non-Jewish population of the Western liberal republics uh, takes on the the Lubavitch conquerors and their agents, all the immigrants and this sort of thing. So we're looking at a huge level of warfare for a number of years. It actually might go on here in uh, North America for over a decade. It might be that bad. I don't think so. Um, I think it'll be reasonably quick once it starts moving, but we're still looking at a multi-year process, right? It's going to take all of the people that are immigrants in Europe, several years to walk back to the Middle East and Africa, those that survive the process. This will not be a good thing. This will be a very ugly period, and there's very little that can be done about it. As I say, though, the interesting part of it for me is that that there's real indications that, the, um, that people will wise up and start pointing fingers at the uh, uh, core of the Khazarians that are causing all the problems. Uh, it'll have, it'll take some time to get to the to the Khazarians because we've got to go through and slop over and deal with the um, uh, the Jewish people surrounding the Khazarians. But nonetheless, even now the Lubavitch guys are freaked out that there's so many people talking about them independent of the Jews. So they don't mind it if you go and criticize the Lubavitch Jews because the Khazarians figure they can always hide themselves and let the Jews be sacrificed. Which, you know, uh, sacrifice at, at that level, human sacrifice, all of that kind of stuff is so Kali Yuga and we're losing it. We're leaving it behind. This is why I'm pretty sure that, you know, uh, the majority of the religious um, movements today won't be in existence 200 years from now and probably certainly won't last uh, 500 years because of the nature of where we're going relative to the yugas and relative to picking up more information, more intelligence, um, more oomph in our humanity and that this is going to be an ongoing process that will indeed change us as we go forward. Okay guys, I've got to stop this now. I've got traffic issues i got to deal with. Anyway, June is going to be interesting, and it was never about the debt ceiling. It was always about the negotiations and the uh, drama of it all.